Good evening. My name is Anthony Stander and I pastor a church called Living Waters Community Fellowship and we meet at pre-primary Lilliput School in Tableview on Sunday mornings at 10. If you've got nowhere to go, please give us a visit. We just want to ask the Lord's blessing on the message today, which is on Samson, and I hope it'll bless you as it blessed me in doing this message. Let's bow our heads. Father God, we come before you in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> we thank you, Lord, that your presence is with us, Lord. I pray for that you would bless your word, which is already blessed, Lord, that you bless it to our hearts, that faith would arise in our hearts, Lord, and that the spirit and power of Samson would come upon us as a church and as a people here in the last days. And we ask this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, as I said, my message today is on Samson, and our opening scripture is Judges 13.24. And the woman bore a son, and she called his name Samson, and the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. So, today I'd like to talk about Samson. This is an account of greatness, of power, of failure, of betrayal, restitution, and ultimately, victory. Many in the of Many people in the world know of Samson. They know he was strong and that he fell for Delilah and fell into disgrace. I look at Samson's life as an incredible account of God's dealing with man and a manifestation of his glory. Here is a man mentioned in the great annals of faith. Even with all his faults, even with all his mistakes, he is mentioned in the New Testament in the great halls of faith. Hebrews 11, 32-33 And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, and stopped the mouths of lions. Isn't that incredible? I choose to remember a man of power and greatness, anointed and appointed by God to combat the enemy. Samson's life was heralded by the appearance of the angel of the Lord. Not any angel, but the angel of the Lord. Judges 13.1 And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines forty years. And there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of Danites, whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren and bare not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said to her, Behold now, you, thou art barren and bearest not, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now therefore beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine, nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Samuel had been born for a purpose. The book of Judges is a book of cycles. The cycle consists of disobedience to God, dominion over them by enemies, and deliverance from them. And the cycle is repeated seven times in the book of Judges. The account of Samson's life occurs in the seventh and final cycle. And we read Judges 13.1. The children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. Isn't that disturbing? You know what I mean? Whenever you just read this, they were like the believers of, they were the believers of old, and then they just kept on falling away. Once a judge had gone, once a judge had died, 
then they would fall away and commit terrible abominations and then God would have to deliver them again. And seven times this happened. So in Judges 13.1, the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord and the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines 40 years. Imagine that. The hands of your worst enemies for 40 years. The Philistines were idolaters who came out of Egypt and were possibly related to the ancient Babylonians. They were the enemies of Israel. The mother of Samson was barren, signifying the spiritual emptiness of the children of Israel, and the God of the universe was forever married to the backslider. Jeremiah 3.14 Return, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married to you, and I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. Isn't that terribly sad? God had married Israel and she just kept on going back to the idols, back to evil worship, back to uh, sacrificing their sons and daughters. It was terrible. And then God would forgive them again and again and again and, and take them back into his heart. And, and you know, we, we look at these, at these Old Testament saints and we say, how terrible is that? But we do the same thing in many ways, many other different ways. You know, we, we're on fire for the Lord, then we're utterly cold, then we serve the Lord, then we don't serve the Lord, then we're back again. So, you know, this is also just a type of the, of the modern-day church. Samson was to be a Nazarite. A Nazarite was usually a self-imposed vow of consecration and discipline for the purpose of some special service. It was usually for a certain length of time. The child promised to Manoah and his wife is pronounced by the Lord to be a Nazarite from the womb. If Samson was to be the leader that God wanted him to be, then he had to be consecrated, set apart, separated, distinct, different. So it is with every man, woman, boy or girl who would be used of God. They must be consecrated, set apart. Note the separation. He had to be separated in his appearance. Number one, he had to look different. No razor was to come upon his head. Some believe that the Philistines used to shave their heads. But a child of God looks in appearance different to the world. Two, he had to be separate in his abstinence. No wine or strong drink. It would have affected his anointing. It would have made him weaker. And sometimes I think that that's something that we need to think about in our own lives as Christians. Three, separated in his avoidance, he was to have no contact with dead bodies. In other words, in applying to us, it means leave the world alone. There are things we should not touch if we want God's anointing. Four, separation in his appetite, not to eat anything unclean. We should eat spiritually godly things, not whip our appetite with worldly wicked movies and and. and Xboxes and things like that. Five, he had to be separated in his allegiance, a lifetime service to God, consecrated for life. That's us today, joined to Jesus Christ by an everlasting covenant sealed in his blood, unbreakable and unshakable. The purpose of Samson's strength, so he may deliver the children of Israel from the Philistines. Number six, it was, it's for others. The purpose of the anointing is for service, to help others, to set others free, and in doing so, to glorify God. We need to mention some of the great things that God did through Samson. He's walking and a young lion confronts him. 
Judges 14.5-6 Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and he tore it as he would have tore a kid. And he had nothing in his hand, but he told not his father or his mother what he had done. He then kills 30 Philistines. Judges 14.19 And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he went down to Ashkelon and slew 30 men of them and took their spoil and gave change of garments unto them which expounded the riddle. And his anger was kindled and he went up to his father's house. Samson's burns the crops of the Philistines. They react and burn the woman he loved and her father. So Samson in revenge in Judges 15.8 he smote them with a sword, hip and thigh, with a great slaughter, and he went down and dwelt in the top of the rock Etam. He attacks and kills many of them, but they get extremely angry about this whole situation and raise an army to go get them. Often when we defeat the enemy of our souls, the devil come up with a, comes up with a greater attack against us. But still we should never fear. Under any circumstances, fear is not a word that should be in a Christian's vocabulary, only the fear of the Lord. Judges 15 verse 9. Then the Philistines went up and pitched in Judah and spread themselves in Lehi. So the whole army arrived. And the children of Israel were so scared of the Philistines that they were prepared to hand Samson over to the army. Many times today when the battle becomes hard in churches, they will fear and turn on those doing the witnessing and outreach and betray them and talk, them, talk against them. So Samson's in trouble, but God. Judges 15.10 And the men of Judah said, Why are you come up against us? And they answered, To bind Samson are we come up, to do him as he has done to us. Then three thousand men of Judah went to the top of the rock Etam and said to Samson, Know you not that the Philistines are rulers over us? What is this that you have done to us? And he said to them, As they did unto me, so I have done unto them. Notice it's the believers that are handing their champions over. I mean, you can't actually see, you see this every day in the church. We don't have to worry. Sometimes the worst enemies are within the faith itself. You know what I mean? And uh, the world doesn't care, but it's our own people that turn on our champions. Judges 15, 12. And they said to him, We are come down to bind you that we might deliver you into the hands of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, Swear to me that you will not kill me yourselves. And they spoke unto him, saying, No, but we will bind you fast and deliver you into their hand. But surely we will not kill you. And they bound him with two new cords and brought him up from the rock. 14. And when he came unto Leah, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire, and the bands loosed off from his hands. And he found a new jawbone of an ass, and put forth his hand, and took it, and slew a thousand men therewith. And Samson said, With the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, with the jaw of an ass have I slain a thousand men. And it came to pass when he made an end of speaking that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and called that place Ramathleli. And he was sore thirst and called on the Lord and said, You have given this great deliverance into the hand of your servant and now shall die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. But God clave a hollow place that was in the jaw and there came water and when he had drunk his spirit came again and he revived. Therefore he called the name thereof Enhakora, which is in 
Lehi unto this day. And then it says in verse 20, And he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines 20 years. That's how it should have ended. Judging Israel, looking after Israel, caring for the people of God, giving them advice, protecting them. But we know it didn't end there. Pride and sexual sin continued in his life. Unchecked it brought Samson to ruin and will bring us to ruin if we allow it in our lives, always. He goes into a harlot in the Philistine city and is almost trapped there by the legions of darkness, but he escapes. Judges 16.1 Then went Samson to Gaza and saw there a harlot and said unto her, and went in unto her, and was told the Gazites, saying, Samson is come here. And they surrounded him and laid wait for him all night in the gate of the city. And they were quiet all the night, saying, In the morning when it is day, we shall kill him. And Samson lay till midnight and arose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with them, bar and all, and put them on his shoulders and carried them up to the top of a hill that is before Hebron. It does not say that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. He then falls into the trap of Delilah and it came to pass afterwards that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Entice him and see, where does his great strength lie? But what means we may prevail against him? So we might bind him to afflict him. And we will give you, every one of us, eleven hundred pieces of silver. And Delilah said to Samson, Tell me, I pray, where does your great strength lie and where you might be, and what might you be bound to afflict you? It's incredible this woman sold out what men would consider the best of men, the strongest of men. Samson, one of our great champions for a few dollars more. And Samson, verse 16, verse 7, And Samson said to her, If they bind me with seven green withs that were never dried, then I shall be weak and be as another man. Then the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven green withs which had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now there were men lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber. And she said unto him, The Philistines be upon you, Samson. And he stood up, broke the withs as a thread of toes broken when it touches a fire, so his strength was not known. Then Delilah said unto Samson, Behold, you have mocked me, told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith you might be bound. And he said to her, If they bind me fast with new ropes that were never occupied, then I shall be weak and be as another man. Delilah therefore took new ropes and bound him therewith and said to him, The Philistines be upon you, Samson. And there were liars in wait abiding in the chamber, and he broke them from off his arms like a thread. And Delilah said unto Samson, Hitherto you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me wherewith you might be bound. And he said unto her, If you weave the seven locks of my head with a web. And she fastened it with a pin and said unto him, the Philistines be upon you, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and went away with the pin of the beam and the web. And she said unto him, How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and has not told me where your great strength lies. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed to death, that he told her all his heart and said unto her, There has not come a razor upon my head. For I have been a Nazarite unto God from my father's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, 
for he showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came unto her and brought money in their hand. And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon you, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as other times before and shake myself. And he did not know that the Lord was departed from him. That's just such a terrible sentence. You know, it's a, a man with a great future, a great man of God, a great champion. They blinded him and put him in chains, mocked him, tormented him. Have we not seen this today in our lifetimes? Great men of God fall into sin. The world laughs them, torments them. They go in, even into captivity and many lose their strength and honor. Judges 16.21 Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him to Gaza and bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. That's pushing that wheel round and round and round every day to push the grinding meal where they, made, uh, where they ground wheat. And can you imagine the people laughing at him, shouting at him, spitting at him, throwing things at him while he was doing this? But there's a lesson to learn from Samson. And that is that his hair began to grow in all this torment and pain. With repentance comes mercy. God had not forgotten him. Judges 16, 27 to 30. They took Samson and they made fun of him. They put him in the house of the Philistines where 3,000 people were and they were all going to make sport with him. And it tells us here in Judges 16, 27 to 30. Now the house was full of men and women and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me. I pray you and strengthen me, I pray you, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up, of the one with his right hand and the other his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were inside. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. His life ended in victory, and he earned his place in the annals of faith. Why am I speaking about this today? The story of Samson is almost forgotten, but this account is very relevant today. So how does this speak to us? In my spiritual eye, I saw it. This generation should be the Samson generation. You are part of the generation that will do exploits. Not, not just exploits, but great exploits. I looked up the meaning of Samson. It means of the sun, S-U-N. But we are of the sun, S-O-N, Jesus Christ. There are seven church ages recorded in Revelation, just like the seven cycles in Judges. And as Samson was the last judge, many believe that we are in the last church age. He was confronted by a lion and he defeated it. 1 Peter 5, 8-9 We are told, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. 
I really believe it's time for the Samson generation to rise up. A time is now. John 14, 12. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, he shall do, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. He fought the enemies in the flesh. In the Old Testament, everything was done in the flesh, and in the New Testament, we do it in the spirit. They fought the enemies of God who were in the flesh. We fight the enemies' gods in the spirit. And I think of that song that says, one of us can put a thousand to flight and two of us shall send the legions reeling. I think of Mark 16, 17 to 18, which says, Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. You know, we, we should be at war against the devils and darkness of this world in the spiritual realm. We should be driving them out of our suburbs and our cities, our schools, in Jesus' name. He gave us his name to do that. You know, we need to step up and be mighty Samson's. It'll take a generation of modern Nazarites, people consecrated to God to confront the spiritual Philistines. Young men, young women, old men, old women, Will you not take up the challenge? A people separated. We need to be a people separate. We've got to take that decision. We've got to, we've got to be different. The world needs to see what powerful Christianity, what powerful Christians are. Are Christians who are not afraid of the world, not afraid of the future, not afraid of the uh, economy. We stare at it with, with our armor on, with our helmets on, our shields lifted, and our swords in place. We are not afraid. So will we not take up that challenge, be a people separated? We do not look like the world. We do not the evil things of this world. We forsake hard drink and wine and drunkenness, and we touch not the unclean thing. We'll be faced with the same temptations that Samson faced, pride. But we will give God the glory because Jesus nailed pride to the cross. Galatians 6.14 But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Sexual sin, one of the biggest temptations of the modern age. But we read in 1 Corinthians 10.13, There is no temptation taken you but such is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. God does not allow us to be attempted above what we are able to endure. Not one Christian on this earth. You will face temptations, but you will be able to say no. And any older Christian can tell you that. Addictions. You know, we're facing such terrible addictions at, at this time. Romans 6, 6-7. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that from here on we will not serve sin, For he that is dead is freed from sin. Christ broke the chains of addiction in our life and we are set free and able to serve him in the power of God and be free from the things of this world. We are called to be Samson's, but not of the S-U-N son, of the son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ. And we do not have to fall like Samson, Hebrews 4.15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus was tempted in everything that you and I could be tempted in. The devil threw everything at him. You know what I mean? That while he was here on earth. But he overcame. 
He understands what temptation is and he is well able to deliver us in any situation that you and I find ourselves in. I sense there's a hunger starting in this generation. It's a hunger for the things of God and it's time to be consecrated. Jesus said, or Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power. The word power is where we get, is the Greek word dunamis, where we get our word dynamite from. You shall receive dynamite power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost part of the earth. So we'll be witnesses here in Cape Town, in South Africa, and to the ends of the earth in the power of Almighty God. Ephesians 6 reminds us, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's God's will for us. Stop whimpering, calling for a bottle like a baby. You know, we, we, we're giving so many bottles to Christians in the church now. They're crying on the ground, kicking their feet, throwing little tantrums. We've got to grow up now, put on the armor of God, and be full and mighty men and women of God in this age. So be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And I really think now is the time for the church to rise up and fulfill our destiny. Rise up, you champions of God. Rise up, you royal nation, in Jesus' name. Step up in your prayer life. Step up in studying the word of God. Step up in doing the work of God. Have no fear, for if God is with us, who, who can be against us? No one. Thank you. So I pray today, thank you for listening to that message and I want to pray for you guys today and you know that what I love about serving Christ is that it doesn't matter how much we've messed up in this time, we can repent and start again. We can say, Lord, I haven't been doing very well up until now. I've allowed fear and I've found defeat and addictions and afflictions and, and temptation to rule my life. But I'm taking a stand now. I repent of that, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I ask you to wash me clean and give me a brand new start. And God specializes in that, you know, and he's on your side for a brand new start. He wants to help you. He wants you to break every single chain in your life. Can, can we pray that together? And by faith, we can trust God to do those things for us. Let's pray. Father God, I come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your word that reminds us of these great champions, Lord. Lord, many of us have been weak, we have fallen, we have made mistakes, we have been afflicted, we've been attempted, allowed temptation to be in our life, Lord. We have become weak. And we ask repentance for that now, Lord. That's not you. You said to us, be strong in the power of the Lord. Help us now. Forgive us now. Help us to stand up with the power of God, put on the armor of God, and to go forward doing your will here upon this earth. So, Lord, I ask that you bless us today. Everybody listening today, Lord, that you'd wash them clean of their sin, Lord, in Jesus' name. Give them a brand new start according to your word, Lord. And by faith, Lord, we will add the exploits that we do for you in Jesus' name to the book of Acts, Lord, in Jesus' name. It'll be the Acts of the church of the last days. So, Lord, we thank you for that. And we just bless you, Lord, and thank you for what you do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody, God bless. See you in a couple of weeks' time again. Stay strong. Do God's will. Amen.